Now, for some of you who've had some, um, they're calling me and they say, Gideon, when are the jokes back? And I thought, well, I'll just appease your mind today and I'll, I'll start with a funny story uh, just to kind of get those people who had some, um, yes. Okay, I heard about these three sons who had left home and went out and prospered. And they got together to talk about the gifts they brought for their elderly mother. The first son says, I built my, mother, my mom a big house. The second says, I got her a fancy car. The third son says, since mom loves to read the Bible, but she can hardly see anymore, I got her a specially trained parrot that can quote the entire Bible. A few months later, they received a letter from their mother. She said, Fred, the house you built was way too big, but thank you. Gerald, the car you bought me was way too small, but thank you anyway. But my dearest Donald, your simple gift is my favorite. The chicken was delicious. <laughs> anyway, it's all good. <laughs> Uh, so good. Today I want to talk about the principle of sowing and reaping. And it's one of the most wonderful things that I know. And I'm, I've been seeking God for the last couple of years, actually, uh, to really understand kingdom uh, uh, finance and how things work. Because a lot of confusion in the church about finance. And it's really sad because the world in some, way, some ways know more than we do. And the thing is we need to go back to the Bible and see what the Bible teaches about finance. Today is about this thing of sowing and reaping. And some other time we'll do some other things. But today it's about this. Today is Sowing Sunday. And I'm so excited about today because I know what's going to happen through today. I know that because of our love for this house, our love for Jesus, our love to sow into this place with our lives, which includes our finance, I know how many people are going to get saved and blessed and healed and delivered, marriages put back together. We are on a mission from God. And so I am so excited about this because, like Andrew said, it takes money for the world to go around. It takes money to finance this stuff. And there's nothing dirty about money. It's just a love of money you don't want to have and of course we don't love money anymore do we because we died and we in with Christ right and so money shouldn't have any stronghold on our lives anymore right amen amen, amen? amen. Oh, it's coming so good it's nothing like the local church it's nothing like investing into people's lives it's nothing like sowing into people's lives I just absolutely love it it's the best thing ever. We were made to serve other people. We are made to sow ourselves into other people's lives just like Jesus did. You know, this is what he says here in Matthew 20. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, Kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. This is what half of the house is all about. Having a heart of a servant like Jesus as we serve the people in our church, as we serve the people at our work, as we serve the people in the kindergarten, in the schools, in the universities, wherever we go, we are always called to serve other people. Isn't it beautiful? For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many people. 
Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life for other people. And then he gets a whole bunch of people, only 12 actually, of men. He gets them together, called his disciples, and he then sows and invests into those 12 men, which is really, really powerful. And they changed the world. And 2,000 years later, we have about, I don't know how many billion, at least two or three billion of people in, in, <coughs> in, the, uh, in the earth today, and of course all the ones who died in Christ, who call themselves, <coughs> excuse me, believers, amen, billions of them, and every day 100,000 people come to faith, every day. I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff on, uh, happening right now in Amsterdam. It's just unbelievable what's happening in Amsterdam. The who is who in the zoo is in Amsterdam right now. And we were going to be there, uh, but Saskia is having a baby, so we didn't decide not to stay. Uh, but it's amazing what's happening right there. We had tens of thousands of people in the Olympic Stadium uh, right now, actually, tonight. Right now. Right now. Uh, worshiping Jesus. And it's a whole mission thing. I was there in 1986. Uh, for the global mission on, on world evangelization. And it's just this whole push for the re-evangelization of Europe, but also for the world. And all these people are coming together with one mind and one heart. How are we going to evangelize the world? And everybody's gathering together. and t- So many people, so many leaders to, melt, to multiply and to, and to um, um, mobilize the church for mission. And I'm so, I'm so proud of what's happening all over the globe in this way. And we've shared your story of what we've seen in Holland, uh, but also in other places like Indonesia and also in Africa. It's amazing things are happening. And God gave us a word. We're going to go to Africa. There's an assignment for us. I have no idea because I have, except for Tanzania, uh, we have not many contacts there. And South, South Africa, actually we have a whole bunch of contacts, but no invitation. Uh, but anyway, but the thing is though, so... <laughs> We do have an invitation. Of course we have an invitation. Anyway, but the thing is, though, what's happening is, you know, God is moving around the world in such a fast time. And also these next 10 years, man, I tell you, put your seatbelt on because things are going to happen for those who are alert and they see and they hear and they want and they desire and they surrender and they lean in. Those are the ones, which is all of us and the ones online. Amen? So good. So good. Sowing into other people, nothing like it, multiplication. See, this is our mission statement. Transforming the world with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. One person at a time. One person at a time. And God is still transforming people's lives every week. Through our lives here in church, through our lives in the workplace, as we are ambassadors of God, as we carry the fragrance of Christ. We touch people. And there's going to be a time that the anointing is going to be so strong again in the church. So, so much, so much uh, revelation and holiness and, and lingering and surrender that we see like Peter and also like Paul. We see this whole thing of, of, of the that people even will be healed by just shadows. People walking around and the shadows will fall on them and things will happen. You know, why, why, why did they have it? We, we don't have a, a, an inferior gospel, do we? Actually, Jesus says you do more, more. So things, we can expect more. But the thing is, though, it's not just going to happen. It's going to be intentional more. It's, in, it's going to be when we lean in and we become more in the sense of we lean into God and we expect more. And things are going to happen. It's just, it's just amazing. This whole thing that we're doing is just absolutely exciting. Now, the, Jesus taught us that the kingdom is like a seed. And when it's sown, it produces fruit. Right? But the fruit is not automatic. 
we got to be intentional. We've got to sow something in order for there to be fruit. Any farmer will know this. We've got to sow. We've got to invest. So my question to you is, who are you sowing into? Which person, friend, anybody, are you sowing into? See, this is why we have life groups. Life groups, and we want everybody to be in a life group, to do life with somebody, because we want you to be encouraged by other people as they serve you, but we want to also serve other people, because otherwise you become an island, and the enemy loves islands. And the thing is, though, no, we need to be connected and protected and have life groups so we can serve one another, we can sow into each other's lives. Jesus sows into the 12 and then into the 72, and then he sows us into the world by the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Go now into all the world, make disciples of all nations. So powerful. And then Jesus sows us into our families, sows us into our friends, sows us into our workplaces as ambassadors of God, ministers of the kingdom of God, bringing salvation, hope, encouragement. Hey, just a smile will do these days. Why are you so happy? That the joy of the Lord is so in your life. It's so contagious, even for yourself. I love my own joy. Serious. Do you? Do you? I know. I know. It's actually in the Bible. The happy people, for them, life is a feast all the time. It's in the Bible. I found it yesterday. Happy people. Hey, the happy one lives in you. So my, I'm not talking about things that happen in our lives. I'm not talking about, of course, happy things happen in our lives. Jesus says, in this life you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. Even in the midst of the pain, in the midst of whatever you're going through. My good friend died this week. I saw the funeral yesterday. Only 63 by cancer. He brought 10 to 20 people a week to the Lord. He would go into a mall. He took me with him. The scariest thing I have ever done in my life. In the mall, and says, you got to just talk to people and tell them about Jesus, Gideon, and get them saved. Okay, in, in Dutch, in a Dutch mall. But he, he takes teams the whole time, isn't it? Amazing man of God. Yes, terrible. His wife spoke at the, at the funeral. Man, she was so, she said, I have faith. I have faith. I know he's with Jesus. I have faith, and I'm going to keep going. Yes, these things happen, but there is this deep joy, this deep power of God, this deep sense of the Holy Spirit. But the problem is, it's not even my message. The problem is that we are so unintouched with this. It's not even a word, unintouched. But we're so out of touch. <laughs> I thought it was quite fun, unintouched. Uh, okay, it's quite cool, really, if you think about it. I mean, it's quite fun. Uh, we're so out of touch with our feelings and with the Lord that, that, that these things are just, we don't even know sometimes. I don't think we even know we're Christians sometimes. And that's why I keep harking on about the secret place. I have found myself in a secret place. After 30, 40 years of ministry, I have found myself. I have found my... <laughs> Thank you. But it's a wonderful though. It's a wonderful though. You know, so, so you can see the difference in me. Isn't that wonderful? But it's for all of us, see? For all of us. All of us can do this. All of us should do this. Because you know what happens? You actually become really happy. I am, I am so happy. I am so happy. I'm so happy in my job. I'm so happy in my life and my wife and my kids and my grandkids and one coming very soon and the other one already there in Queenstown. I'm so happy with my family here, with you guys. I'm just very happy. 
I want nobody to take my job. I'm very happy with my life. But I'm telling you, I'm intentional about happiness. Because I also can walk away and do dumb things like I used to do. And it compromises my joy and my effectiveness, even the way I feel. And then fear comes into my life instead of perfect love. And fear is terrible. Because you live in fear, you, you always live like this on the defensive all the time. And, and we are supposed to live in love, which is always on the offensive. Nobody defensive is fear. Offensive is love. That's why the Crusaders are so good. They love us. <laughs> I gotta got stick it in. I'm sorry for the Hamiltonites here. Great game, right? That was a great game. Serious, man. It's a great game. Anyway, go back to my sermon. I don't even know where I was. So into somebody. That sounds like a good plan. So Catherine and I, we love sowing into you guys. You know, we, live, we give our lives uh, to sowing into you. And, and wherever we go in the world, we just sow with an encouragement. We always keep sowing, sowing, sowing our lives into other people's. And many of you do, do too. I do want to encourage you, though. A few weeks ago, there was a call about being involved with uh, serving in this house. And I know you're serving in the community. I know you're serving in the workplace. I get this stuff. But this is our home. In, in our home, everybody does a chore. Everybody's involved with something. And I want to suggest, you know, that we all get involved in serving in this house in whatever way that you think would work. And there's a whole list that was given the other day. And talk to, um, to Matthew in particular. It's online even. Man, we're so good. Online. And talk to Matthew. He's the magic one for online. And he does it all online. And talk about how we can serve in this place because we want to have more people serving because light, many hands make light work. Amen? Yeah. But, but my question still is, who are you sowing into? Who are you sowing into? Very important question. I tell you, if you're looking for greatness, if you look for grandeur, if you look at people who are strong, I'll bet you they have somebody who's investing into their lives. Somebody is doing something in their lives, mentoring them, strengthening them in the Lord, because a multiplication and the strength comes from this. I tell you, the people who are sowers in their lives, in the wake of their lives, which means in the mirror of their lives, so when you look back at your life, a sower will always have a harvest. There will always be fruitfulness in a sower's life when you look in the mirror of his life. Because sowing will always produce a harvest. We sow with our love. We sow with our, our life, with our mind, with our encouragement. We just sow into other people. Proverbs 11 says this, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. And in the process, they are blessed. Well, this is a great Bible piece here, isn't it? This is so wonderful. Hey, I want my world to get bigger and bigger. I, want, I would like, not in a prideful way, but in a, in, a, in a godly way, I want my influence to go bigger and bigger. Right? There's all kind of prophecies over my life. I want to step into it. I want to step into what God has for me. I want my life to count. Well, if you want to do that, you need to become a sower. If you don't sow, you will never find greatness and you never have other people following you and build greater lives for these people. If you're a stingy person, then the world gets smaller and smaller. Now, I don't want to be a stingy person. I want to be a generous person. I want to be a person that is blessed by God. Heaps and heaps of blessing in my life. So I can be a heaps and heaps of blessing to somebody else. 
Abraham, God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you so much you won't even know yourself. And in the process of you blessing the earth, I'll bless you too. You kind of just stand the way, just stand there, and I'll bless you. Go straight through you. You'll be blessed too, and then go straight into everything that I've called you to do. And this is the life that we are meant to live. It says the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Those in the process are being blessed. Hey, be, I love this. So when you are blessed... So, so when you bless others, you will be blessed. When you help others, you will be helped. That's wonderful. It's like a boomerang. I've got this boomerang. It's boomerang. Like, like you, Andrew, you said about this. You gave a lot away. The thing is, now we don't do it in order to get but I'll tell you something, you can say that, but I want to say something to make you think any farmer who doesn't think that way is a dumb farmer. If you don't think you want to harvest, that's dumb. Why would you sow any seeds? Do something else. Become a builder or something. When you sow, <laughs> stuff can do. It says give, remember in the Bible, it says give, and it will be come back to you. And then double and triple and, and then overflowing over and all this kind of stuff, you know. Don't be so down. I mean, we've gone so far away in the area of finance in the church that the church and the people don't even know what to do anymore, don't even know what to access, don't even know what principles, promises are in the Bible for them to prosper in order for them to give away. The whole thing in the Bible is, of course, that your heart will change, that you're not going to be selfish, and you give everything away. Is it going to be abused? Of course it's going to be abused. You can be selfish. Many people are selfish. Many people in the church are selfish. I'm selfish. Right? There's still something in me. Still selfish, you know. I know. Not much, but a little bit. <laughs> I thought I thought you were gonna say something. Anyway, we were meant to we're, we're meant to throw ourselves and sow ourselves and other people. Okay, I love I love this model. I love the model of the the, the, uh, the cross. And the reason why I love this model, it works. This is the discipleship model 101. This is Jesus, right? So from the top down, of course, Jesus is inputting into your life by the Holy Spirit. I get that. But the thing is, though, who, are, who is ministering into your life down? Who is ministering? Who is mentoring you? Who, who are you looking up to and who can sow into your life? Now, on the bottom, who are you sowing into? Who are the one or two people that you are sowing into your life? Then sideways could be one, could be like your peer group at work or, or, or uh, could it be family or, or other things. Who are you sowing into sideways? And this way, that way would be who are you sowing, pre, pre-Christian. Who are you sowing into for those who've never, never experienced the love of God? There's so many people that have never, ever experienced the love of God. The only thing they see is on TV. And often it's negative. Except for the other day when you guys, with this chainsaw and the wood, you guys, that was, did anybody see a story on TV the other day about these people and they're giving wood away, like tons of it? For decades, right? You're involved like this. Well, Jono is part of it, man. You're part of the team. So God bless you, bro. It's part of our church. Come on, guys. They're doing this stuff. So that was a good story, right? I couldn't believe they did the story and even gave God the glory, right? Because you said it's because of God. So I was actually amazed. It does happen. But the thing is, though, generally people have no idea about God, no about, about his love, no idea about sonship. So come on, guys. We need to disciple people, and that's a great discipleship model. Now, quickly about finance. Sowing and reaping. Because you need to understand this. I want you to make sure you do. 
So, how does God do this? Here in 2 Corinthians is one of the stories, one of the things we can use. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. I love this in the Amplified because it gives more nuance to the different things. He says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, come in abundance to you, so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, that means being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So we always, I love this. I love this to be self-sufficient. God wants you and I to become self-sufficient in him. Well, what does that look like? Well, one of the things we look like, we're going to do a course on it very soon. It's called the course, God God, Money and Me. It's how do you do, because we have taken some of the scriptures and then we use that scripture and we don't use this scripture and we don't expect this to happen because some prosperity gospel nonsense came there and blah, blah, blah. And so we're going to choose and we don't even know what kingdom giving looks like at all. So we don't even know how to access. For example, you may be sowing, but how do you reap? Anybody lately teach you about how to reap? Well, the, 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 the farmer can, of course, show you how to reap. He would do this with a, a sickle. That's the old way, you know, a sickle. The new way is all these, you know, bundles and the, the hay and whatever they do like this. They, they have this kind of stuff like this. But the thing is, though, if we don't know how to access the promises of God, then we are up a creek without a pedal, Right? God wants us to become self-sufficient in him so that we have always an abundance, not just for ourselves, but to give, just says here, charitable donation, to work and to give and to give our lives away financially and humanly in every situation. See, this is a real, I tell you, this is a personal invitation from me to you, but also a personal invitation from the Holy Spirit for us to learn, learn not only his principles, but to trust God. Andrew talked about this. How are we going to trust God? Okay, very quickly. Here is how he does it. Now watch this. How does he do it? Keep reading. Verse 10. Now he, which is God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for food, will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resources. This is all Bible, by the way. It's not me making this little thing. This is the Bible. Amplified. And increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. Motivation. Righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous and this, gener- and, and this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to God from those who benefit. People who benefit from these things will always say thank you. What goes around comes around. Those who receive will always say praise God. So God is also honored in the process of our giving and our abundance. Verse 12. For the ministry of this service, which is the offering, that I did put that in there, is not only supplying the needs of the saints, which is God's people, but also overflowing through many expressions of thanksgiving to God. Because of this act of ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which you confess. 
as well as for your generous participation in this gift for them and for all and the other believers in need. And they also long for you while they pray on your behalf because of the surpassing measure of God's grace, his undeserved favor, mercy, blessing, which is revealed. Are you still with me? I know it's a lot of words. Now, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, which is precious beyond words. This last line, of course, refers to Jesus. Thank God for this indescribable gift of Jesus, his grace that so abounds into our lives in every way. It is so beautiful. Thank God for the gift of Jesus and what he is saying here. And now in the same spirit of God giving Jesus, now we can give a gift. Now we can give our lives in response and mimic what God has given to us in Jesus Christ. Can I have a good amen? Amen. 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 Now how... I, I, so this is really about kingdom giving. It really is it's about one part of it. I want, just want to share quickly with you, and we'll do some other stuff later, is that we're talking today about sowing and reaping. In Corinthians, this was about an offering. This is not the prescription for our giving in general. It's one part of it. Don't confuse this with first fruits or the tithe, if you like. See, first fruits, I'll teach on that. Also, maybe in the kingdom series, first fruit is really important. First fruits in the Bible is that we give the first of what we get and trust God with the rest. So the first that we get, tithe 10%, but some people give more. You give to the Lord, goes into the house, and because of that gift, which you return to the Lord, then every part of your life falls into place. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, put God first. And all the other things fall into place. See, the first, th this whole thing is not, is not giving yet. Actually, the Bible doesn't call about giving. It calls returning to the Lord. It's not even yours to give. It's not your money. You give it back to God. You return to God. It's called stewardship. Not giving. Okay, I hope you can understand. Because some of you are like, I've never heard this before. That's the thing. That's what goes to the church. And I'll tell you, if we would all be faithful in this area, the church would blossom we would do so well, we would grow so fast, but often it's this area of unfaithfulness in the church worldwide that stops churches, sometimes even closes churches. Yeah. Now, and the people who are clapping are doing it faithfully. I want you all to be faithful in this area because, you know, it's nothing. You can't outgive God. So we're not talking about first fruits. It's very important. Stewardship is the first thing you do. God, I give you my tent. I give you my tent. Whatever you want to give to him, your first is always you. But now he invites us into sowing and reaping. It's a gift. It's something different. Sowing and reaping is a principle that anybody can do. The world doesn't give first fruits. The bank doesn't even like first fruits. I know some people are trying to get a mortgage and say, why do you give so much money to the church in your tithe? Says, well, because Jesus is first in my life. I know some people, it's almost like persecution because you, know, you shouldn't be doing that. Can you change it? And, and people don't say, no, I'm not going to change that. Anyway, I know it's hard. The world doesn't do that. The world does do this one. So many business people know the area of sowing and reaping because it works. It's a kingdom. It's a universal principle of God. You can't do Okay, here we go. This is how it goes. Verse 10. So God provides the seed for the sower. Verse 10 which means, assumes that you are a sower. And then, look at this, and if you don't have one, he'll provide a seed. 
Now, I hope that you've been asking this week, Lord, how can you provide a seat for me? Catherine mentioned at the staff team the other day that we, we have, a while back, we had a seat because we wanted to buy a car, right? It was for a car. And God says, no, give it for half of the house. I said, no, I want to buy a car. And then, no, no, we gave it to half of the house. And, um, and then God gave us a car. <laughs> so that's how it works. So I actually doubled the whole thing. So the, the money went out. We blessed a lot of people. And we got a car, and probably a better one. That we, oh, two cars. Sorry, two cars. So it, it works this way, guys. Just believe me, it just works this way when you put God first, right? So ask a seed. Now, I want to ask you something today. I don't want to play it safe. I'm 60 years old this year, and I don't want to play games anymore in this game. I mean, when I was 30, sure, all kinds of things can happen, but not anymore. I don't know how long I have to live. My friend died yesterday. Come on. He was only 63. I don't know. I, have, I, I will be honest with you, but I'll preach Bible. I won't have my own perspective. I say I always preach Bible, but I'm not going to be afraid of going to talk about the hard subject. For some people that are really hard. And money, mammon, has been such a strong, strong thing in people's lives, particularly Christians. Because of wrong belief and wrong thing. And they have no idea that when we do it properly, that you will be released in your finances. That the church will be released in the finances. That mission will be released in the finances. So I want us to be generous. Not only that, I want to say, oh, I have so much money, I can give some. No, I want you to say, Lord, what do you want me to give? I don't have that much money. Because says, will you trust me? Will you give sacrificially? I'm going to give sacrificially. And a lot of zeros. Because I want to trust God because I know how it works. And I know it has to do with maturity. Some of you haven't even started yet. And that's good. Start. Start with a small amount. Say, Lord, I want to trust you. And then he'll show yourself faithful. And then later on, you, I know some people who, who work in the millions. Because they just trust God. It's not a big deal. It is actually a very big deal. But they trust God. So he, look at this. So what happens here? Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. So God gives the seed. Or asks you for the seed, provides you a seed, and then we are the ones who sow it, right? We are the ones who sow it. Now, I'll tell you something. It says here in verse 8 that God is able to do so. Why doesn't he say, I will do so? I will able to give you. I'm able. The reason why is God is co-laboring with his children. It is always a partnership. It's always something that we do together. See, God gives a seed and he gives a principle. And we use the principle and sow the seed. So God does this and then we do this. We always work together. Everything in the kingdom is in seed form. Jesus says in the whole thing, unless this grain of seed in, in John 12 falls into the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. We often hold on to our seeds and we think it's wonderful. We even want to say, well, for a rainy day, I'll save this seed. The problem is in God's kingdom and even in, in the bank, you don't get any interest from this when you put it underneath your pillow. Seed and money has to flow. It's got to go somewhere. That's what Jesus talked more about finance, 2,000 times, by the way, 2,000, about money more than anything else except for the kingdom of God. Because it's such a stronghold on people, but he also knows how it can release the church into its full potential. So the nature of the seed, the power is in the seed of multiplication. So if we don't sow it, if it stays with us here, it can't go anywhere. God can't do anything with it. 
But when we start to be generous and when we learn to sow, it's going to go somewhere and things are starting to change. Now, business people know this. The world know this. Often the church does not know this. And I would love all of us to understand this. By the way, this is not a blessing. It's a principle. Now, is it a blessing what God does? Absolutely multiplication. But it's not necessarily, oh, it's just a blessing. No, it's not a blessing. It's a principle. God gave us a principle. Like if I drop this, it's going to drop to the planet. It's the law of gravity. It's a principle, a universal principle. Sowing and reaping is a principle. Anybody can use it, and a lot of people do so in that way. When we start implementing God's ways, it works. 2 Corinthians 9, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have and you decide you have to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I want to say something to you. The harvest of your life, your own prosperity is in your own hands. Just think about it for a moment. It's in your own hands. God has given us. He's sovereign, but he's given us the principle in your own hands. He's given us the principle for us to use these things. When you sow sparingly, you'll get sparingly. When you sow generously, you get generously. It's just the way it is. So let's activate what God wants us to do. So what are you going to do? I'm almost done. What are you going to do? There's no compulsion, says you. No compulsion. You don't have to do anything if you don't want to. This is only for the lovers of God. This is only for the sons of God, daughters of God. This is only for people who mature or want to mature, who want to actually change their life, who want to actually have bigger lives for people, who want to grow the world. This is not for the stingy. This is for people who really want to go with God. So I suggest let's go with God and do what he wants us to do. It's an invitation into the more of God. It's an invitation to walk on water, to see the miracles of God through our own hands. And there's nothing more fun than seeing that happen. And many of us in this room have had this in our lives. God wants us to be a cheerful giver. Why does he want to be a cheerful giver? It's because he loves giving. He loves giving. He loves when his sons and daughters access the principles that he has given to us. He loves. And then, of course, he will do amazing things. When we start giving and put some faith, Lord, I don't even understand this thing, but I'm going to stay in a step of faith. I love your step of faith. It's your faith, and some have got a big step of faith, small step of faith, but he honors any faith, and he can take it, and then, no, now watch this, and I will multiply this thing for you, and I will so surprise you, I will blast you off your socks. And I've had this so many times in my life. I'm talking about trips I got. I'm talking about cars. I'm talking about house the other day. I mean, God, two houses, given or paid for by other people. I didn't do anything. The only thing what I did is faithful in the tithe. We're not talking about today, but faithful in the tithe. And also faithful in sowing and reaping. And the higher you go depends on you. The bigger you sow, the bigger you will reap. It's just the way it is. The band can come up, please. So today is Sowing Sunday. And we are partnering with God to sow into this church. And we sow into the lives that do not know know Jesus yet. One of the things we're sowing into, by the way, we need $20,000 for that alone, is in our youth workers. They're right now at Waitangi, but they're working at school here. Guys... It's wonderful what's happening. Several of those people, those, of those kids came to Easter camp, come to youth group. 
it's time to come to faith. I mean, the mission field is just a kilometer that way. One kilometer that way is the school. The mission field. The other thing is we need some more money for Pastor Luke and Gina have come to serve us here from Malaysia, given a 40 years of ministry to come here because they have a burden for Christchurch. To reach particularly the international, particular second language is English. And they often don't feel connected here. They don't know what they're doing here and they don't know exactly what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And they can reach out to them. We want to pay them. We don't have any money in the church right now to pay them, but we, through missions, somebody in this church, several people have given away two-thirds of their salary, given people for this year. Not our normal giving, given through missions to them. But we need one-third, maybe 15,000 or so still to go. We want to sow into the grotto is coming this year, the Christmas grotto. We need 10 to 20,000 for that too. Online, things always break down. Cameras are very expensive, $5,000, $10,000. I mean, it's very expensive. We want to keep on growing these things. We want to do some stuff in the sound. We had somebody come the other day here to look at the sound areas, particularly the kids' area. There. I mean, there's so many things we want to invest in, but we don't have any money for it. So the thing is, though, that's the extra stuff above the running of the thing, which is the tithe. It's the giving once a year that we can move forward in the stuff. So I pray that you'll be involved with this. High calling. Don't play it safe this time. Let's believe God for a mighty harvest. We thank you, Lord, for all the gifts you've given to us. Father, thank you that you've even given us seeds to sow in whatever that looks like. It could be an inheritance, could be selling something, could be just a gift somebody gave to us, could be just stepping out in faith, could be just a monthly commitment, whatever. Father, we want to step out in faith. We want to walk on water. We want to live in the miraculous. We want to live Jesus. Lord, we want to live where you live. Live where you live. And so help us to be faithful in this way.